What does a genealogy have to do with Christmas? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life in ministry, including your Christmas holidays. I'm Aaron Armstrong, brand manager of The Gospel Project, and with me as always is Brian Dembozik. La 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 la. La 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 la. Um, our managing editor and resident Scrooge. So <laughs> Humbug! <laughs> My kids think I'm a Scrooge. Well, most people here think I'm a Grinch. Um, So this episode will be airing on the 23rd, a couple days before Christmas. So that's how festive we are. Um, By this time, maybe the Christmas tree will be up, but it'll definitely be down on the 26th. I I thought I was bad of my hard line in the sand of, of Thanksgiving Day. Nope. But I am like, nope. You got nothing on me. I, I've got nothing on you. No, no. I am a firm believer in the 12 days of Christmas. Um, I'm also a firm fan of the 12 hours of Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there we go. Uh, that's about how much Christmas music I can handle. So anyway, Christmas is almost here. It's here in two days. So we thought. Well, let's take a break from our ongoing walkthrough of the the narrative of Scripture and talk through some ideas um, about how we can help point to Jesus uh, during our family time this week. And so um, a lot of us during this time will, we'll, you know, many of us will use um, – Advent guides and books, um, you know, Lifeway Kids put out one a, yeah. a few a few weeks back that is a, is a really good and helpful one. Um, B and H, uh, our um, B and H, which is a, a, a publishing arm of Lifeway, we have uh, we have some great Advent books that are that are published through there as well. Um, there there are lots and lots of options like this. Um, but for some of us though, Christmas Day might actually be the the really the only time when we get to talk um, about the meaning of the holidays with um, with our friends and our family. And so we thought, let's give you some guidance on how to do that. And we're going to do that by looking at um, one of the two genealogies of Jesus that are found in the Old Testament. Um, in the New Testament. Did I say the Old Testament? Yeah. All right. That's good. Uh, you can tell it's been a day. <laughs> so, um, but it has to do with people who are in the Old Testament. Exactly. So I'm going to hang. I'm going to be fine. Um, but um, one of the two and genealogies this one is literally one page Jesus. into the New Testament. It's that close That's to the old. Right. That's right. Well, look, the Old Testament is does have the genealogy Horseshoes, of hand Jesus. Grenades, genealogies. It's close. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, so the two genealogies of Jesus in the New Testament, (laughs) this one being the one from Matthew chapter 1. See, I got the book right. You did. I did. And the chapter. I'm I'm impressed. So, Brian, as strange as a question as this is for our context, where does this passage (laughs) fall in the narrative of the Bible? I have to answer this because you think it's in the Old Testament. (laughs) So I'll answer this one. I'm always going to make you answer the questions <laughs> this, from now on. There you go. So this, of course, a uh, little bit on the nose. This is page one of the New Testament. <laughs> 
Matthew chapter 1, uh, this is probably after your Bible may have a little bit of intertestinal materials in it or a map or something. This is or right, just like a white page. Or a white page. I think mine has a white page in it. This is right in the beginning. So historically, this is, of course, after 400 years of silence, what it's known as, uh, between Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, and Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, of course. There's 400 years of silence. And what that means is that those were 400 years where God was not working through a prophet. does not mean that God was inactive. Uh, He did not take a siesta. Um, That just means there was no prophetic revelation from him until we get to John the Baptist, really, that voice crying in the wilderness. But we see here at the beginning of Matthew, this genealogy, it it sets the pace for what Matthew's going to be covering in the rest of his gospel. Of course, as we uh, know that each of the gospel writers had a different audience in mind, And so Matthew's audience was the Jew. So he is going to hearken back quite a bit to that Old Testament. He's going to have the most references Mm -hmm. to the Old Testament. He's going to use the most Old Testament imagery and so Mm -hmm. forth. And so it makes sense that he begins right away with a genealogy of all these people from, as you said a minute ago, from the Old Testament. Right, right. So um, what questions should we be asking when we read and study this passage? Yeah, the first one I, I just kind of intimated, I'll say it again, just just to be clear, why a genealogy? I mean, mm-hmm. why start with a genealogy? It, it seems, uh, let, let's be honest, genealogies really don't excite most of us. I, I think a very few people with their life verse is a genealogy. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us at, at best have a utilitarian perspective of them, even though hopefully by the end of this podcast episode, you will see that's not correct. They are much more important and beautiful than that. And so it may seem odd to start with a genealogy, but again, Matthew, here he is using this genealogy as a a really important hinge between that Old Testament and New Testament. In a way, you know, before we started recording, I I use this expression, it's it's almost like a greatest hits kind of thinking. It's, It's Matthew saying, all right, now think back to what we know. Think back to the Old Testament. Think back to this big story, this narrative that's been moving forward. Right. This is where we're going to pick up as, right. we, as we continue in my gospel that will be known as Matthew. Right, right. And he does this with a very specific reason. He's not pulling out names at random. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew's goal, because um, I mean, we talked about that earlier. Um, Matthew's goal was to show how Jesus was the fulfillment of a specific promise, which was that he was the heir to David's throne. And yeah. so that so all the people that show up in this um, in this genealogy, they're all connected to David. Yeah. And, and he, of course, he's where we're going to start was Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke in his genealogy. Now, Matthew goes forward. Luke goes backward. Yeah. Luke goes all the way to, to Adam. Yes, he does. Notice that Matthew doesn't go that far because that's not his intent. That's not his intent. No, his intent is to show you how Jesus is the fulfillment of a promise made to Abraham, of course, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the Abrahamic yes. covenant, where this 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 one would come to, to bring blessing to all the families of the earth. So right away we see that Matthew has a reason for who he's including here from the very first name he, yes. he lists. Yeah, that's right. And um, so... So Abraham, obviously, being the first one, um, that being the promise. Then we also see um, in then the next one of the next significant names that we see is Tamar. 
Yeah, and that's what, you know, as we were thinking through how to approach this episode to make this helpful, uh, of course, we're not going to go through each of these names. No. Uh, some of them, I don't know if we know really anything about uh, beyond. Do we know how to pronounce them? No, and that's the other thing is, is we, uh, we again, we could always do our, our, our fake it but sell it approach. But it's true. we're not going to do that. We could fake it till we make it. Um, but instead, I, I, I think what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the exceptions to the cadence here. Yes. If you notice, if you read this, there's a there's a cadence, but it's broken at times to emphasize some females. Mm-hmm. And so what I think would be really helpful is if we just kind of focus on the, the we've talked about Abraham, set him aside, moving forward, Tamar, as you, as you intimated, then you, you go down the verse five, you see Rahab. Also in verse five, you see Ruth. In verse six, you see Bathsheba, although her name is not used, but that's who is being talked about, of course. Mm-hmm. And then verse 16, Mary. So if we look at these women, let's just kind of unpack why these women are included here for a minute. I mm-hmm. think it will be a good way for us to make sense of this genealogy as a whole. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, Tamar shows up in Genesis 38. And so she um, was the mother of two children, Um whose father was Judah. Um, now, there's some there's some kind of sketchy stuff that happened there. Yes, it is. Yep. Um, so she was actually married to his son. And they didn't and he was kind of a sketch bag. Um, and uh, again, this is this is as colorful as I'm going to get <laughs> exactly. on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, and on this episode. Um, this is our R-rated story in Genesis this 38. Is, this, is an R, this is an R-rated story. I'm trying to keep it PG-11 because Which, I like by the my way, job. My pastor just preached on this this past Sunday. Oh, good. Good. That's fantastic. Did you excuse all the children from the room? No, he didn't. He, <laughs> he gave a warning. Right. <laughs> and well, he and, just went after it. Right. And this is one of those passages that um, I don't think we've ever put in the gospel no, project. No, I don't know if we would. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I mean, it's a good all pa- – as we know, all passages point to Jesus – and as we're going to see, there's this right. is really. I mean, we put some stuff that, uh, like in our kids' ministry material, we put some stuff that other people wouldn't. Yeah, but this but is this one mm, because, no. we, as you're saying, so so <laughs> so Tamar is married <laughs> to one of Judah's sons. He dies. He dies. So then and we then, have Judah say to his second son, "Hey, you need to do your your right, yeah, and go have She's a your child, wife now. yeah." But and what happens to him? He dies too. <laughs> Because he's also kind of a sketch bag. Yeah, and we won't exact say exactly how he is. <laughs> no. Nope. You can read that in Genesis 38. Yep. Um, and then, so he dies too. God kills both of them. And there's a third son. <laughs> and then there's a third, but he's kind of young. And so Judah so, says, um, wait a minute, this has not gone well for my kids. Yeah. This this Tamar is, is there's she's, a, she's bad She's luck. bad news. She's <laughs> bad news. So, um, so, yeah, so she, so... It's like she's like, all right, what am I going to do here? I'm going to wait till I'm. Yeah, his his pretense. Yeah, is wait until he gets older, then you can marry her. But as you read, you will discover years pass. He's old enough, but he was not given to her. So it seems like Judah was kind of reneging along the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So she takes it upon herself to do something about this. And what does she do, Aaron? Well, she dresses up as a temple prostitute. Um, so at one of the um, uh, the establishments in the yes. area, um, the the quote unquote gentleman's club where no <laughs> gentlemen ever no. go. Um, 
And um, so she's hanging out there. And Judah just happens to come by, too. Who, who by the way, his wife died a little yeah. bit before this. Yes. So, I mean. Not excusing what no, he does. No. So he goes and, you know, yada, yada, yada. He leaves and he leaves his staff. Yeah, because she asks, well, what are you going to pay? Now, she has a veil on. Yes. So, so he, he doesn't see he it doesn't as her. So he, he, she says, hey, what are you, you going to give me? And he says a sheep. And, of course, he doesn't have a sheep with him. So she asks basically for collateral. So he gives her three objects um, that will identify him. That's important. That will come into play in a minute. And so yeah. he leaves these with her. Yep. Yep. Then Stuff he happens. leaves. <laughs> he leaves. And um, uh, when a he, little while later, she is pregnant. Well, before that, oh. he he goes back to make good, but oh, he yeah, can't she's find gone. her. That's she's right, gone. That's right. Yes, thank and you. And this is part of her plan, of course. Yes, he comes back to make good. To you know, he's going to give the sheep to this woman and, and collect back his possessions, but she's gone. And so he's thinking, well, I'm not going to. I'm just going to let it be. I'm going to do without those items mm-hmm. because I don't want to be the guy going through town saying, "Hey, excuse me, where's that prostitute? I got to pay up." Yeah, yeah. I so mean, he's that like, looks I, that looks pretty bad. That's right. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. let it go. And then a little time passes, and then we find out she's pregnant. Yes. And so, see, I was just trying to jump ahead to it, yeah. to this. So, anyway. Hey, we don't get to talk about this very often, so let's true. talk That's about true. it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, she, so, yeah, she's pregnant, and he's like, and everyone's losing their beans, and including him. He's it, outraged, and he's like, how dare you? And Well, like, this is, he's probably getting back. Yeah. I mean, two of oh, his yeah. boys have been killed yeah. related to this woman, so he's probably, hey, put her to death. And then she brings out those three items. This is, well, this is the man who I got pregnant with. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it was me. And he says that you, she was more, she was more honorable than he was. Exactly. Um, which is like, it's not usually the thing you hear. No. <laughs> so, um, but then she has, she has twin sons. Uh, uh, we're going to just say Perez. It's probably like Perez yeah. or, or, um. Or, or Pareza <laughs> or something like that, which sounds probably more likely, actually. But um, whatever it is, um, and, and Zara um, or Zara or, again, <laughs> however you want to – you get to just roll the dice there. Um, <laughs> so he becomes so, – so they are Judah's sons. And again, so let's get back to mm-hmm. what we're focusing on. This is the genealogy – of Jesus Christ. Yes. That this is one of the – so after Abraham and Isaac and, – and, of course, we know they had some issues too. They were kind of messed up. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about lying yeah. about their wives being their sisters. Abraham, it's argued it's a half-truth. But uh, um, but still, it's I mean, still sketchy. Yeah, it's sketchy. So, I mean, they're not, you know, pure guys either. Yeah. And then Jacob, who, you know, swindler. And then we get to Judah. I mean, this is – I mean, this is bad news bears. Yeah, so guys. this is, I mean, you would not think if you are orchestrating who would be the ancestors of Jesus Christ. You would not pick these dudes. No. And no. you would not pick this manner by which <laughs> one of the descendants were, or ancestors was born. Right. So right away, that's why, again, when you read through this, these exceptions, whenever you that cadence is broken, I think it's God's way of saying, I want you to zero in and pay attention here because there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And that's the first one. Right. That takes us then to the next one, Rahab in verse five. Yes. And Rahab um, was not one of the Israelites at all. She was a um, she was resident of Jericho in the, you know, in the promised land. She was not one of God's people. 
though. Um, she was also, interestingly, she was a prostitute. Yep. She wasn't pretending to be one. She actually she was. was. Um, and But she, um, she gave um, a safe hiding place for the spies that that Joshua sent into the promised land. Yeah, because she believed in God's victory that was coming. Right. She, she she understood. Had she had faith. Yeah. And so she makes that arrangement with them and says, look, just remember me when when you when God is victorious and this city crashes down. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say that, but yeah. um, you know, her point is, hey, remember me, be kind to me, show me mercy. Right. And, and so they do. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, and so she ends up being a part of the family. Line yeah, they bring of, her in. Jesus. Well, they bring her yeah. in. And so not only do they show her mercy, they bring her into the people. Like, right. They could have said, all right, well, we saved your life. Have fun living yeah, in the ruins. See ya. No, no, they bring um, her in. So, again, here's this great picture of, of a former enemy mm-hmm. being brought into being part of God's family. And then even above and beyond that, as you were saying, she becomes one of the people in this line. Right. So for this discussion now, think about you are an original recipient of Matthew's gospel. You're Jewish. Mm-hmm. What strikes you about this woman? She's not Jewish. She's not Jewish. Yeah. So now we've got this idea of God has used not only people of questionable circumstances before this. Mm-hmm. Now he's it's not just Jews that he's using. He's using Gentiles yeah. here as well. And then right, and so she has a son um, with uh, with a man named Salmon, who is um, who is a descendant of, of Perez, a few generations down. Um, they have a she has a son named Boaz, and Boaz plays a very important role in um, in an entire in a book of the Bible written at written uh, named after this particular woman, Ruth. Exactly. Ruth, like Rahab, was a Gentile. Yep, she was not one of she was not one of God's people. She was a Moabite, and so they were they were um, they did not worship God. They worshipped false gods. They did some pretty again pretty shady stuff um, in their culture. But she had faith. Yeah. So it's interesting here you have two Gentile women back to back. Now, again, as we know, this was a heavily patristic society back in that day. So to suggest that women had value even was controversial. Mm-hmm. But now these are not just women. These are Gentile women. And look, they, they're sinners in need of salvation, of course. Mm-hmm. But they were noble. I mean, look at the faith that they both Express. Look at the. I mean, you think about Ruth. You think about this love. You think yeah. about her. Um, she stuck with Naomi when she didn't yep. have to. Um, you think about she went out in the field. She was a hard worker. Uh, again, she's not a perfect woman. All no. these people were, were sinners. But man, when you look at her, it's like wow. I, I, there's a lot there that you yeah. can latch on to. Say, man, there, there's respectable aspects right to her. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you know, recently we talked about. Uh, the image of God and humanity and how all people bear the image of God. Yeah. And uh, this is just an example of that, that it's like she was of noble character and wasn't a wasn't at least initially um, a part of God's people and then yeah. became a part of God's people. And then part of this line. Yeah. And so she and Boaz had a son named Obed who um, was the father of, um, of a man named Jesse whose son became – 
David. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the first important hinges here. This this genealogy is Brannock kind of broken into three parts. Yes. And this takes you up to David. Mm-hmm. The next one would be David up to the exile and then the exile up to to Joseph, the birth right. of, of Christ. Right. So this is the first one. But then don't miss what you see at the end of verse six. We're introduced to David. We latch on to David. Oh, there's somebody I know. Right. Um, yeah, there's He's super important. Super important. But we also know that David... While he was a man after God's own heart, he was a sinner mm-hmm. who committed a great sin in what happened with Bathsheba, who, again, is not mentioned here by name, but that's who's referenced to Uriah's right. wife. Yeah. And, and I, go ahead. Yeah. And so there's and so, yeah, this was a this was a great sin that he committed. Like he at a minimum abused his authority. Um, there is there's it's not unreasonable to suggest that this um, was um, this was sig- significantly more than you know him being him having an adultery. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was this was a more of a violation. Yeah, um, and that's this is this is actually a um, a topic that is kind mm-hmm. of on the radar these days, mm-hmm. and there are some who would outright state that. David raped Bathsheba. Right. I personally am not willing to go there. I don't think there's enough conclusive evidence to suggest that. I think at least, though, we need to say that he abused his power. Yes. At a minimum. At a minimum. minimum, Which usually you just hear he committed adultery, which seems to imply it was mutual or that she was well. Yeah. So at least I think we need to say that David's sin was abusing his power at minimum. Yes. Whether Bathsheba wanted you know, I mean, I, I mean, not, it doesn't matter. He was the king. Yeah. Could she have said no? And it's like, uh, I'm going to lean kind of probably toward no. Yeah. So, so. So, yeah, that's the thing. Now, and you read that account back in Second Samuel 11. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in there to even imp- implicate Bathsheba in sin. Right. You, you know, some people try to say, well, she was bathing provocatively. No, you're reading into the text there. It doesn't say that. Yeah. Um, it just says she was bathing. Exactly. And in that day, it w- could have been a courtyard. He was up in the palace, so he could have been seeing over yeah. walls. So you can't fault her for bathing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's nothing there yeah. to implicate that that Bathsheba had responsibility in this. I think at, at, we, we needed to recognize is this was a grievous, gross sin on David's part, right? Yeah, um, and, and 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 I think what the reason why Bathsheba is not mentioned by name here is because it's amplifying his sin because he had Uriah killed. Mm-hmm. So this is reminding us. Oh yeah, remember Uriah? Yeah, he was the man that was murdered. Right. If if we just read that David fathered Solomon by Bathsheba, I think we can forget that. We would that. gloss over the yeah. fact that David was a sinner. Exactly. And, David, and and that's a key thing is that David was lauded um, by this point. He was almost mythologized yes. at this point in the people's history that he was basically this grand king. He was basically, he was basically the Messiah um, in the mythology. But he was a man. And, and this, is what, this is what Matthew, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is doing. He's, yeah. he's, he's Per, he's bursting that bubble. Yeah. This is him by saying by Uriah's wife, he is taking a pin. He's popping that bubble mm-hmm. and saying, this was a sinful man who needed a savior. Yeah. Oh, by the way, let me introduce that savior. Yeah. Yeah. Who was his great, 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 great grandson. Exactly. Um, and and that, takes so. us, that takes us down. We're going to skip down right. to the very end. The final woman we meet here, Mary, in right. verse 16. Yeah. Who was 
um, who was a teen girl. Yeah. Like, we don't know exactly how old she she was at the um, – realistically, she could have been anywhere between 13 and 17 when all of this is going yeah. down. Um, culturally, different time, different era. People got married at different ages than they do now. Um, so we're not saying yeah. right. We're just saying different. Yeah, that's <laughs> different. And and here's the thing, though. When you rub shoulders with Mary in the Gospels, mm-hmm. you can't help but be impressed by her. Right. Again, another sinful person in needing of a Savior. Yeah. But, I mean, think about the faith that she expresses. Think about how she hears this plan and she's like, well, let God do what he's going to do. Right. Um, understanding the risk that this – understanding what this is going to do for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yet here you have this young teenage girl who has the wherewithal to take a stand for God and obey. Yeah. That a lot of us would have to say, I don't know if I could have done that. Right. I mean, thinking about the fact that it's like everyone for the rest of her life is looking at her kind of side-eyed and being like, really? Well, we know what was accused. Some of the Jews in an argument with Jesus (laughs) basically accuse him of being the son of a Roman soldier. Right. That was the the myth that was kind of prevalent in, in that day. Yep. Um, so, oh yeah, you, you just happened to be pregnant by God. Right. It was a Roman soldier. Right. Right. So here, I think as we kind of finish up, just kind of talk about this, this genealogy notice here, each of these women that are mentioned, they're mentioned for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, we see, uh, three of these women especially stand out in a very positive way. Yes. Um, Bathsheba was a victim. Yep. Um, while we would say what, what, uh, Tamar did was wrong, she was also victimized. Mm-hmm. So what we see here is God drawing our attention to the value these women played, the important role they played, and not only females, but also as we talked about, some were Gentiles. Right. Now, what that and, should... And it's possible that all four of those, with the exception of Mary, were. Yeah. It's possible. So what, what this should cause us to do is the next question we'll just hit on briefly as, as we're kind of – what questions mm-hmm. should we be asking as we're reading this passage? We spent yeah. a lot of time there, so just kind of reminding where yes. we are in our, our outline. And we're going to hit on, on point this – point one. Point one. But we're going to hit on this briefly so we can mix, move to the next point. Yes. As we're reading this, you know, we should think – another question is, well, what can we learn from a genealogy? Right. And it's what we just talked about, that God uses broken people. He mm-hmm. used broken people in here, Gentile and Jew, men and women, to bring about his purposes. And again, what we started with, we, we start with Abraham because it's reminding us that God is making good on his promises in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, but even preceding that yeah. back in Genesis 3, 15. Right. That's, that's what we kind of – now, let's just kind of move forward because that – leads us, that drives us to the next major question we need to ask. How does this point us to Jesus? Right. And at this point, I mean, it might seem redundant, but I mean, the whole point that Matthew is trying to make in this genealogy was how all of these individuals that we read about in the Old Testament, both the important and the seemingly insignificant, how all of them were related to him. I mean, that's, that's again, that's the whole point. It's Jesus is the fulfillment yeah. of all of these things. These Jesus would not, from an earthly human perspective, would not exist had these people not been born. Um, it also shows us how God uses all kinds of people, again, like you were saying, including people from different ethnicities and nations, 
in his plan because as we've seen, not everyone in Jesus' family line was a descendant of Abraham. And so it's a picture of the gospel at work is that what Jesus does in rescuing and redeeming sinners is not just for one people group or one ethnicity. It's for people of every ethnicity and every nation. The family line itself proves Genesis 12, 1 through 3, that mm-hmm. Jesus will be a blessing for all, all families, nations. all nations. So, yeah, just beautiful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Now, let's think about this from the perspective of who we've been talking about from the beginning, really someone who's discipling one another. In this case, really, let's think about it, um, you know, around the family, around family time at Christmas, where you're probably not going to be talking about Tamar being a temple <laughs> exactly. prostitute. And all of the all of the shady behavior that we have described in detail in this episode, but it's in the Bible. So you're going to go with the PG-ish yes. version um, that there's some shadiness, but God was working through it. So um, what kind of guidance can we offer as we have fun yeah. family time talking about Jesus? Well, the first one is I'm going to turn what you just said around mm-hmm. and I say don't be ashamed of people who God is not ashamed of. Yes. And what I mean by that is this. As you read this, it will be tempting to sterilize it. It's tempting just to kind of read names and say, just let's focus on the bookends. Abraham, Jesus. Oh, look, there we go. And again, that's a big takeaway. The, a big yeah. takeaway is that Jesus is the fulfillment. But all those names there matter. And God is not ashamed that he chose these people to be part of this line. Yes. So again, depending on how old your kids are, some of these stories, as we just talked about, are R-rated. I mean, Tamar especially, that's a hard one. Yes. And depending on the age of your kids, you may not want to go into all those details, but you may want to give the PG, PG version of it. You yeah. may want to say, yeah, th- th- this was some stuff that happened here that, that wasn't really good. Yeah. But look, God still used it. Yeah. Um, and so don't don't skip over this. Don't gloss over there. That's why they're there. Right. But do be age appropriate. Be age appropriate. Yeah. But at the same time, recognize and celebrate the flaws of these people, not because we celebrate sin, but because we celebrate the Redeemer. Right. Who is able to pay the penalty for that sin to bring these people into right relationship with God. That's the story of Jesus. That's what Christmas, that's what we're celebrating. Right. Um, And so at the same time, we also want to recognize that there are times when we can read past things too quickly. And so we almost universally do this with genealogies. Um, We tend to do it and we tend to do it a lot in the book of Numbers. Yes. Because there's a whole lot of genealogy. There's a whole lot of census data in there. And it can be challenging. And and it's tough. But but yeah, if but I mean, hopefully. we may not be able to get the same kind of le- depth of conversation out of um, out of every genealogy that we see in Scripture, but but hopefully we've seen like there's there's a lot that God has to say to us in these yeah. things, even if it's only just like even if we just catch a glimpse of one thing. So I mean, definitely we would encourage you don't skip over those. Yeah, they matter. They're yeah, good for us. I think Genesis 5, that genealogy is beautiful as well because mm-hmm. it had that cadence of death affirming God was true. He said, right. if you if you rebel, you will die. But then you come across one who did not die. Right. You see these glimmers of hope. You see the glimmers and... of hope. But even the genealogies, like you mentioned in numbers or whatever, yeah, it is harder. It's, you know, this we're able to find, man, there's some great opportunities here for us to camp out on some truths. Some of those in numbers, of course, you would not have that. But 
at that point, I would say, don't miss the bigger idea. Every genealogy affirms God's plan in motion. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, when you come across a genealogy, you can say, all right, this is, this is a reminder that God is true. Yes. That he's sovereign and true. He's bringing to pass his plan. So that, that's, a, that's an important takeaway no matter what. Yeah. I, I think the other thing that I would say is as you are thinking through this, and again, as you're talking about it as a family and, and around Christmas, or if you're studying this on your own, or if you are discipling somebody. Yeah. Um, consider your own family tree. Mm -hmm. Think about your own lineage and, and, and then two different directions. One, looking back, you know, a lot of us have to look at our, our family trees and we would say, yeah, mine's kind of messed up too. Yeah. Um, I've got people in my background. I've got people in my extended family or, or even sometimes in your immediate family are like, ah. Oh. But here's the thing. Just like God is the God of redemption here, he's the re God of redemption in your family trees as well. Yeah. So remember that, that you, your, your value has not been done away with because of what's happened in the past. And that's where you look forward. Think about what, what might God be doing in you and through you? I would dare say, you know, Rahab had no idea what was going to happen yeah. when she asked those two spies to show mercy to her. Yeah. But look what happened. You know, so you think about what these people they probably had no clue what was going to happen and how God used them today as we're living our lives in faith, as we're thinking about what God will do for his glory through our lives. We never know what he may use that may seem even mundane to do great things. So we live with confidence. We live with, with faithfulness and obedience to that end. Brian, Brian, that's a good place for us to wrap this up. So uh, have a great Christmas. Yeah, you have a great two hours of Christmas yourself. It's going to be glorious. 12 minutes, man. Yeah, 12 minutes. Scrooge. Look, if if an hour is like a thousand years to the Lord <laughs> 12 and, or, minutes a, is... or a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day, 12 minutes can be 12 days for me yeah. too. It's fine. Fine. So, all right. So, uh, listeners, thanks for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Which lasted uh, longer than your Christmas season. It absolutely did. Uh, if you enjoyed it, do please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. And, of course, Merry Christmas.